Welcome to episode 37 of the Rescue Server Mindset Podcast. I'm Cody Wright. So Vince and I were talking and we're thinking about kind of switching up the form of this podcast. Uh, I think basically what it's going to be is a little more kind of free form. I'm going to maybe I'll hit on typically when we start, we'll hit on like a training topic. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about weightlifting and improving your PT, PT numbers through weightlifting and strength training. And then I'm going to kind of just move on through some, I guess, like some random military news. And then I have like a kind of a funny story from when I was when I was a non-rate in I was stationed in a small boat station in Marathon, Florida. So I have like kind of a funny story that I think would be great to kind of top off the episode later towards the end. So, yeah, so let's get into the strength training discussion that I was kind of having. So. You may have heard me kind of talk about this before. I think I talked about it on a previous podcast. Not really sure. I've been telling people about it, but basically I've been having, I used to kind of like when I was training for uh, summer school and then even recently, um, recently I've been getting into like rock climbing and trail running. And I kind of had this mindset that I didn't have to weightlift. Like I could just kind of like brush it off and kind of like as long as I stick to climbing a lot and running a lot that I didn't really need to weight lift. You know, I would do like some core routines, but that's pretty much it. I wouldn't do any like any like classic weightlifting. So for the past, I guess like going up coming up on about seven months now, I have been kind of hitting the weights hard and I've found that it's really helped my um not only my, my like trail running and climbing, I've actually gotten faster and I climb harder now, but it's helped my my PT numbers and even though I don't really have to do, you know, like PT tests or like I have no reason to maintain my PT numbers anymore. I, I still do just for the uh, just for the running restaurant mindset. I always feel like I should be staying in shape and, you know, definitely like representing the company as, as well as I can. So with that said, this weightlifting that I've been doing is um, and I'm going to give you kind of example of a workout a little bit later, but all I've been doing really is just like classic weight lifts. So I've been doing lots of bench press, lots of, you know, shoulder workouts with, with dumbbells. I've been doing what else? A lot of core. And a lot of times I'll use like an ab roller. I'll do like planks, just really basic core sit-ups, flutter kicks, stuff like that. I've been doing some squats, single leg and, and regular squatting. And then I've been doing just like, you know, like the classic, like hammer curls in front of the mirror like stuff like that just like all those classic weight lifts that that look cool and I really ignored for most of my life like I just didn't weight lift um so yeah I'm gonna give you an example of a weight lift workout that I've been assigning to my my coaching students the I run like a basically a monthly coaching program for for guys and girls training for really any branch of the military right now I'm training a few guys going to who are in the Coast Guard who are planning to attend rescue summer school and then I'm training a another person that is joining the army so one of the classic workouts that I've been assigning I'm just gonna walk you through the workout kind of so let me, let me pull it up here on the uh, this is looks like week five for this guy who is training for summer school let me see okay so this is a uh, Cool. So this is a workout I signed for a rescue summer candidate, and this will be his Friday workout. So what is it? Today is like today's Tuesday. So 
He's doing some pool stuff. He's doing a PT test on Wednesday. Thursday, he's hitting the pool. And then Friday, he is doing some weights. Um, this guy's stationed at a small boat station, so he's on duty. So he's a weightlifting workout. All right, so basically, I signed like a warm up. He goes through his warm up, and the workout's going to be three by 10, eight, six, four weighted pull ups. And on those weighted pull ups, you're increasing the weight by about five pounds between each set. And for each set, you're resting like three to five minutes. And I've had really good success with increasing my pull-ups using weighted pull-ups and, and negative pull-ups, which I'll talk about a little bit later. It's also assigned in this workout. But for weighted pull-ups, you know, um, if you're doing, you know, 10, 8, 6, 4, that's a, that's a high number for weighted pull-ups. Like 10 weighted pull-ups is a lot. So you want to find an appropriate weight, you know, that's going to allow you to finish those reps. So you're probably like, if you can't do like... For instance, you're probably going to be doing like starting at like 15 to 20 pounds weight of pull-ups and increasing, but you always want to make sure you're hitting those prescribed reps. So 10, 8, 6, 4, you know, if you can't do like 10 regular pull-ups, of course, you're not going to be able to do 10 weighted pull-ups. So what you can do is just like decrease those reps. So maybe do five, four, three, two, or whatever works for you. You can do as many as up to five sets or as little as three sets. And I've had great success with uh weighted pull-ups recently. I've, uh, I like I took a PT test and I just I didn't do the uh, the swim, but I did the uh, everything else and my pull ups were up to I think I got 18 for that for the PT test, but I've actually done 20 pull ups as a max, just, just kind of doing those alone. So I was doing like I think like seven, um, maybe like eight months ago, I think seven to seven to nine. All right, so after you do that, you know you run through those those sets. I move on to, or I assign shoulder flies. So these are three by 15, 12, 10, eight shoulder flies with dumbbells. And each set, again, you're increasing the weight and you're resting roughly three to five minutes. After that, moving to negative pull-ups. And negative pull-ups are actually something that Vince has been using and he kind of put me onto them when he moved out to Boulder in, I think, March. So basically, for these weighted pull-ups, what you're doing is Starting in the up position and just doing, or for negative pull-ups, you're starting in the up position and you're you're going to a dead hang over the course of however many seconds. So for this student, I assigned 15 second um, negative pull-ups. So that means you're going from the up position to the full dead hang position in 15 seconds. And then immediately after you do that, you go back to the up position and do it again. So you're doing it twice. And that would be one set. And for this workout, I assigned two sets of that. So you're doing four negative pull-ups and those are in like bursts of two so between those two you're resting roughly three to five minutes those are really good if you aren't really sure how i describe that send me like a dm or like email or something and i'll i'll do like a little write-up or uh maybe i'll just like send you a video so you can see what those look like because those help a lot after those we move into overhead shoulder press with dumbbells those can be seated or standing typically i do them seated so make sure you're finding an appropriate weight again. You know, you're going 15, 12, 10, eight reps, and you're adding a little bit of weight each, each set. After that, that's pretty much it for the, uh, the, weight, the weight strength training for the session. So I do like an ab circuit. So I assign an ab circuit here, and it's gonna be 20 sit-ups, move into a one minute plank, and then move into a two 30 second side planks for each side. And you're doing those three consecutively with no rest. And then after those three, you do a one minute rest, and then you're doing a total of five sets. So you repeat that five times. 
All right, so after that, typically I'll assign like some sort of cardio um, for today or for Friday. This guy is doing a half mile easy warm up, so you're just running half mile at a conversational pace, and then he's going to move into eight by 400 meter sprints. And typically, I, when I assign those, they're going to be assigned at your roughly your goal one and a half mile or you know timed run pace. So depending on what school you're training for, that's going to be one and a half mile, it could be two mile, it could be up to four mile. This guy's training for his summer school, so it's going to be a one and a half mile run. And I put the, the goal pace at about a minute 30, and that's going to be a, a nine minute mile and a half pace. And so for each lap, you should be hitting roughly, if you're going for that nine minute pace, plus or minus three seconds each lap. You're resting about one and a half to two minutes each lap. And one thing for the rest is you're not getting like a full rest, kind of like you do for weightlifting. You're kind of like, you're going to still be at an elevated heart rate. You're just kind of catching your breath. So one and a half to two minutes rest between those. After that, you're just doing a, a half mile cool down. So you're just kind of cooling down the legs, running a half mile at a conversational pace. And that's the whole workout. So, I mean, the big thing to take away from that is the strength training. So that's a typical kind of, that's a, you know, you know, bicep, lat, shoulder workout there. I also do like a day of, you know, chest, I'll do triceps. And then what I do is a lot of times I'll alternate, like sometimes like for that workout, you know, we did shoulders and, and biceps and lats kind of. Um, so maybe later that week I do like a chest workout and a tricep workout. And then the week after maybe I do like a kind of a pull. So like a weighted pull-ups and negative pull-ups, hammer curl workout. And I'd mix that with maybe chest, you know, just to kind of kind of keep putting kind of a variation on, on the muscle and on the muscles and kind of keeping it fresh. Okay, so let's move on. I kind of wanted to move into some random like news stories, I guess, like military related. I found this one article. Uh, let's see. All right, so it's on military.com. Basically, it's showing like, all right. It says, here's a, here's the headline, and I'll, I'll link this um, this article, I'll link it in the show notes so you can go through and read it. Hopefully in the future I can like, we're planning on tr- getting like a, basically like a live, not a live, but a, a video stream of the podcast that we're just gonna post at YouTube. So hopefully that when we do that, we can like post these clips alongside of us so we can kind of like go through it without you having to click through later and find it. All right, so here's the headline. Military.com, TikTok showing soldier pointing loaded pistol at buddy prompts army probe i don't know if you guys have seen the video i'm gonna try to see if i can pull it up all right hold on all right so i'm pulling up on twitter right now ah uh, it doesn't work all right basically it was like a guy oh wait 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 all right i got it to work okay so pretty much it's a guy like looks like they're like doing like some sort of like weapon like maybe cleaning maybe they're like they're, they're like gunner's mates or something or like doing some sort of inventory on like pistols but the oh shit all right I'm gonna go back. I gotta watch it again. All right, so the guy hands the guy the other guy the pistol. He loads it. All right, let's see. He loads the pistol and then puts it like in the firing position and points it at the other guy. And that's the end of the TikTok. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. So I'm gonna read some of the article now. All right, here's the. Here's the intro. A video clip circulating on social media appears to prove to be proof. Can't read right now. 
that the U.S. military can't stress weapons safety enough. But the former soldier who protested it says it's all a joke, albeit one that triggered an Army criminal investigation. The short clip posted on TikTok and reshared by a Twitter account shows an Army specialist locking the slide of an M9 9mm pistol to the rear to ensure it's clear and placing it in front of another soldier who's recording the video. Crazy. All right, hold on. Let's see if there's anything else that's good. I'm assuming he got kicked out. Sounds like he did. Um, yeah, that's like the most crazy TikTok I've ever seen, I think. Like, I don't even think you can have TikTok in the military, right? Like, I'm pretty sure it's banned. So that alone is like probably like court mark, not court martial, but like you could probably get massed for that. And then, I mean, pointing the whole gun, that's just like you're done, you know? Like, you're probably going to the brig. Okay, I'm trying to read, see if he got in trouble. Let's do, oh. Ben is no stranger to provocation on social media. Since leaving the military, he has posted a number of racially provocative offensive comments on multiple Twitter accounts and was accused on a local Antifa website of distributing Nazi propaganda at a Black Lives Matter rally in Portland, Oregon. Okay, so this guy's crazy. Obviously, he sucks. Um, I guess that like goes to show you that, you know, I mean, I hope you knew this by now, but like, not everyone in the military is like a great person you know it's just like any other service you know there's a bunch of people who like who actually suck and they're like the scum of the earth and then there's regular people you know like you and me but you gotta watch out for these people and hopefully there you know there probably is but hopefully the army's sucking up most of these people you know like um coast guard air force navy hopefully these guys aren't really being able to like hopefully they can't even join that you know like based on the ASVAB scores, this guy clearly is insane, and I guess I don't want to hate on the Army, but it was likely that he was in the Army. All right, um, i trying to think, see if there's anything else in this article that's kind of relevant. Basically, like, I mean, TikTok is like, it's pretty great. I mean, you should go check out the Rescue Summer Mindset TikTok. We're all on there. But, you know, watch out what you're posting. Don't be posting, like, stupid crap, especially if you're in the military. Like, don't even have a TikTok. If you plan on joining, you probably shouldn't have one because, you know, if I was an instructor, I'd be going straight to the, everyone's TikTok, and I'd just start making fun of them. So just get off TikTok if you're planning on joining the military. All right. We're going to move on. Oh, here's another one on military.com. Let me just take a sip of my coffee real quick. All right, Marines to test exoskeleton suit that can do the work of up to 10 troops. So this is like straight out of Halo, you know? Let's see. The Marine Corps is ahead of, is moving ahead with plans to test a wearable robotic exoskeleton that conjures up images of the power-loaded suit Ellen Ripley wore. I don't know what that means. I'm going to just skip that part. I guess it's something to do with aliens. Never seen it. All right. By the end of the year, the service will have the Guardian Exo Alpha full body robotic exoskeleton that allows one person to do the work of up to four to ten people, depending on the task. The wearable suit can do hours of physical labor that would otherwise be impossible for a Marine to do alone, lifting and moving up to 200 pounds of gear repeatedly for eight straight hours. That sounds pretty cool. I think that would be like, I guess as far as like, I mean, that seems like pretty futuristic, you know? Basically, it's just like a giant exoskeleton that makes it easier to do stuff. Um, I guess that means we're going to be all out of a job soon. So if you want to be like a rescue swimmer or a SEAL, probably should just 
go ahead and do that because there's going to be freaking robots doing it in like 10 years probably. But on the other side, you know, it's like kind of cool. It's like we have robots fighting our wars. No one has to die or maybe something else will happen. But who knows? All right, let's move on. Oh, this is a Coast Guard story. So military.com um, is both side. Um, if you guys didn't know, the Coast Guard does like a ton of drug interdiction. And like mainly, I think it's like mainly cocaine and, and weed. Um, a lot of times it's in the Caribbean. So this one looks like one boat, one chase is the headline. $75 million in cocaine, a Coast Guard afternoon in the Caribbean. That's a, I'm just going to say that's like a shitty headline, you know. One boat, one chase, comma, $75, $75 million in cocaine, a Coast Guard afternoon in the Caribbean. That's a terrible headline. So we could probably write one better than that, you know. It would just be, you know, $75 million in cocaine intercepted off the coast of Florida or something like that. All right. Oh, and it was by that. It was from the Miami, by Miami Herald by David J. Neal. All right. An afternoon Caribbean sea chase involving a drug smuggler, speeding boat, and a U.S. Coast Guard fast response boat wound up with $75.6 million in cocaine in the water, the Coast Guard said. The cocaine weighing, they just put the weight, looks like 3,000 pounds, wound up on the Coast Guard cutter. Is it Herberto Hernandez? I probably pronounced that wrong which offloaded it in the in San Juan, Puerto Rico on Wednesday. Ooh, so a big drug bust. Um, you know, I never, like, I was stationed at a small boat station in, in Marathon, Florida, and we did a lot of, like, a lot of stuff we did on there was, like, migrant interdiction. So um, it was a lot of times it was, like, Cubans trying to, you know, get over via boat. And a lot of times they would, like, make boats out of, like, tarps. It was pretty insane, pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Um, they would just make, like boats with tarp and use like a like a lawnmower engine and try to get from cuba to the keys so they could uh i think basically if they touch land if a cuban touches land in america they're considered a, a refugee so they get certain you know rights and basically will hook the them up with certain amenities which is in my opinion seems like it's i honestly thought it was pretty badass that anyone could you know get across the like 90 mile spread of ocean in a tarp and a, with a lawnmower engine. And like, if you're trying to escape a country that's that insane, you know, you know, more power to you. That's pretty insane. Let's give you like, you're probably like a badass anyways. Like, you know, if you're doing that, you're a badass human. We probably want you in America because you're probably going to help us out a ton. So that was, you know, going on a lot. So a lot of times like we get called out for that and I was an on rate. So a lot of times I was just on watch in the, in the, in the watch room on the radio talking to the boat. So They'd pick up, you know, sometimes they'd, they'd catch the, the Cubans and they'd drop them off on a cutter. Other times the Cubans would get on shore and then they'd have to, like, figure all that out. And there's, like, a lot of paperwork and, like, random logistics involved. But the other time, like, other every once in a while we'd, like, find, like, you know, like bales of, like, of weed or, like, cocaine, like, just, like, floating around the ocean. And, you know, it's kind of re- related to this. We never, I never actually had, like, a big, like, drug bus at my station. Um... I only ended up like getting qualified as like a boat crewman, so I didn't even like go out on any law enforcement cases. I would just do like some search and rescue, but I mostly just did watch. I was only there for a year, and yeah, so it was pretty anticlimactic. I think that's it for pretty much all the stories. But I wanted to get into my my uh, my story 
as a, basically when I was a non-rate in Station Marathon. So let me set the scene. All right, so as you know, or maybe you don't know, um, a non-rate in the Coast Guard is like a, either either an E2 or a, an E3. So you're like an E1 in boot camp. If you, you know, when you graduate boot camp, you either graduate as an E2 or E3. I was an E3. doesn't really matter. It's like essentially the same rank. So, you know, this is probably like, I'm trying to think. We're about like probably, it's in the winter. So I'm probably like six to seven months into my time in the Coast Guard. You know, I had just recently gotten like qualified in the boat crew. I was pretty hard, like full on in my training for swimmer school. And if you, you know, in the Coast Guard every year, a uh, like depending on what unit you're at, a team comes around and they'll test you on like your proficiency. So they'll, they'll come. I think in the, in the, uh, at the air stations, they call it the, I think they call it stand team. So it's just a team stationed in Mobile and they send out, you know, for every, every rate, they send out a couple guys or, you know, a couple guys and girls to check, you know, check the proficiency. So for swimmers, they'd send a couple swimmers from Mobile to where I was at there. I was at Air Station Detroit. They'd send them over like once a year. And maybe it's once every other year. I don't remember. But they check, you know, they do a PT test, make sure everyone's staying in shape. They do, they pick a few guys to take out on flights and they check to make sure you're doing all your, your procedures right. They test you on like emergency, your EPs, you know, in the plane to make sure that you know, you know what to do if there's a fire in the helicopter, all kinds of stuff like that. Smoke in the, smoke in the, in the, uh, the cabin. There's a bunch of different procedures you got to know. So they send a couple of people up to check you on all that and then you, at the end, they kind of score you, tell you what you need to work on, stuff like that. But pretty much everyone passes, but unless you like really suck and like that's a big deal. But I don't think I, I didn't really know anyone that actually like ended up failing like a test like that. But in the boat world, when I was at my station, I think it's called RFO. So it's like, I don't remember what it stands for, but it's the RFO. But it's essentially the same thing. They come and check boat crew proficiency, make sure all your paperwork's good and all that. So, and they also do like a PT test. There's, I think the boat crew has to do, you know, a certain amount of push ups pull up not pull ups push ups sit ups and then you do like a run and the numbers are like super low i think it was like 20 and like maybe like 30 sit ups it's like super low um and then you do it's a one and a half mile run so you know i was like at the time i was in pretty good shape um specifically i was in really good running shape even though like i guess it's all relative but like i'm in way better running shape now i would like i would absolutely smoke my like previous run. i thought i was fast back then but like i really wasn't i was probably kind of slow just didn't have a lot of competition. All right, so we, you know, we were like prepping for a week, about a week out from this uh, this test, and we find out that the the captain, so the sector Key West, is like the main the main Coast Guard base in the area, and they kind of are like in charge of all the small boat stations. So sector Key West, the captain of that base, so he's the guy in charge of basically he was in charge of all of the Coast Guard units in the Keys at the time. They they said that basically he was going to come and do the PT test with us. And everyone kept talking about how he was like really fast, like he's in really good shape. And so he does this PT test to kind of like show off to the, to the stations, just like proving that like he's, he's kind of, he was an older guy. He was probably like in his forties, you know, and like probably late forties, but he hadn't lost, you know, like the mile and a half run ever. Like he always ran it against these small boat stations and cutters and always beat them. And so I was like, immediately when I heard that, like, they sent the email out and like 
I think our master chief at the small boat station like announced that. And then like everyone knew I was for sure the fastest guy at the, the small boat station. So they were like immediately like everyone like turned to me and I was like, oh, like this is our time. Like we can beat him. So <laughs> like I start training really hard from Mount Half. I just drop all my other training and I start like doing 400 meter repeats, 200 meter repeats, trying to work on getting really fast. And I think like at the time I was running like a, like a 10 minute mile and a half. So like not even that fast, like, but I was just the fastest guy at the, at the station. And it's like a 10 minute mile and a half is not very fast. Like, I think now I probably, I could run a mile and a half, like in the low eights, probably high sevens, like pretty comfortably. And like back then 10 minutes, I was like, Oh, that's hard. Like, I don't know. So I'm training, I'm training. And I like, I take like a couple days rest right before this PT test and you know the day of the captain gets to the base we have like kind of like a briefing he talks about stuff like random coast guard stuff and then we do the pt test so we do like push-up sit-ups and then we get ready for the run and like a me like he like he looks he's a big guy i think he was like six four six five and he was probably like 200 plus pounds and which i guess is like hey he's probably a little bigger than that because i'm like I think I was probably like 190, 180 at the time. And I'm, I was about like 6'2", maybe 6'3". Um, so he was probably like 220, maybe. He's a bigger guy. And like, he looks like in shape. He's like ripped. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be hard. So so like immediately, um, you know, whatever, the, the one of the MKs like said go. So we all start running and like immediately he takes off and isn't like in first place. So all we did was like an out and back. So we ran out like, it was like I think to some restaurant. Like it's if it's an, if you know about the keys, you know it's just like one road. So we we're just like on the road, like the main. It's like US one. So we're like off US one on the sidewalk, like sprinting, like towards like a bunch of guys in Coast Guard uniforms, like Coast Guard PT gear, sprinting down the street. And he takes off. He's in first place, and I was like kind of trying to play it smart. So I like paced off of him, and I just kind of stayed behind him for the first half. And we got to the turnaround point, and I'm still like feeling pretty good. Um, and he's, I can tell he's like kind of, he's kind of tired. Like he was, he was pushing pretty hard and I was like feeling okay. So, you know, we're like getting closer and closer. We're probably about three quarters of the way through. So, you know, a little over a mile, about a little over a mile into this, into this run. And I just, I just decided to like take him out, like just overtake him. And I just like sprint past him and basically just like blow him out and beat him by like, I think I beat him by like 30 seconds. And I think I probably ran it in like the low nines like maybe like a nine 905 or something um at the time it was my best my best mile and a half so um won the race and you know he like maybe he was i think he said like congrats or something and that was pretty much it and later on that day this is like the good part or like i guess the funny part um yeah so like towards the end of the day we like have a quarters so they can like talk about how we did in the, the inspection and the captain kind of is going to have like some closing remarks. So we're sitting in our, uh, whatever our like room, we have like a room, like kind of like auditorium style where you like everyone can fit in there and there's like a little front stage area. So he's kind of like talk, everyone's talking and then, um, the captain gets up at the end, starts talking. And then eventually he like, he calls me up, um, calls me up. So I like, you know, I'm like kind of nervous cause I'm like, a non-rate, you know, I've been in the coast for like six months and this like freaking captain's call me up and I walk up there and then he starts talking about like random stuff. Basically just talking about 
um, he talked about the run a little bit and how like he hadn't lost yet, and then um, he just like basically complimented me and then uh, said good luck in uh, in summer school, and he reaches like basically like he reached his hand out like to give me a handshake, but he had a a coin in it, and I was like I was like what's the coin like I didn't know so I uh, basically like he had it like in a, like a handshake like kind of like it was his thumb over the coin but he was going in to give me a handshake with his right hand and i just like reached in and grabbed the coin because i thought he was just like handing me the coin and i grabbed it and then just like i was like thanks and then i think after that he shook his hand and he was like i think he was like taken aback for a second and i was like i didn't really get it so like i just went and sat back down and then like the quarters or like everything was over and at the, like everyone left and then like at the end like the master chief was like he like started talking like giving us like a whole debrief after like the command had left the captain and all his all his people um and, and the master chief of the, our unit was like he like mentioned what i did and i was he was like what was that cody and i was like oh i just i don't know what happened he was like i guess it was a challenge coin and i guess when like i, I know this now but i didn't know at the time i was like so new in the coast guard and i hadn't got one so a challenge coin basically like the way you present it or the way like it's it's um the way you like interchange it between people is you do like a handshake and then hand the coin off in the handshake kind of like an old school like drug deal you know so <laughs> like so i was supposed to like do the handshake thing and grab the coin but i just grabbed that out of his hand and basically like my whole crew made fun of me for like the entire time i was there for doing that it was all like in good fun but i just thought it was kind of hilarious and I guess it was a nice lesson learned and I'm sure, you know, if you get in the military, you're going to have some sort of story like that. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's pretty cool because hopefully you beat the captain in a race or something and you get like a cool story out of it. But yeah. Um, so now, you know, if you're getting like a challenge, if someone's giving you a coin and it's in their hand, just give them a handshake and, and take the coin. Oh, I'm still on the, uh, military.com page and like there's a tab for space force now. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. I guess not sure if you can join the Space Force yet, but maybe some of you will become, I guess, what do they call them, like spacemen? Are you going to be a spaceman? You could be like a, a seaman, you could be an airman, or a spaceman. That's pretty pretty badass. Not sure how that's going to go. All right, so I guess a couple things. Um, we're doing a fin giveaway at uh, riskformindset.com. So we're giving away, we partnered with ATAC Fitness which is a gear company that just basically bundles up, you know, fins, masks, snorkels. They do, I think they even sell like maybe dive bricks. They sell like knots for underwater knot tying and stuff like that. Um, they sell booties. You can go to their site and it's ATAC Fitness. So it's ATACFitness.com. And you can order those things. And they're, a lot of times they're on their website, they're cheaper than if you got them off Amazon or off of a, directly from some supplier of fins or booties. So we partnered with them and, if you buy anything from their website, just use, um, on the checkout, you can use the code RSM and you'll get a 10% discount. So just keep that in mind. Basically we're doing a giveaway. So on Friday, we're going to, I think it's around 12 Eastern time. So do the math on that, depending on where you live, we're going to be announcing the winner. And all you got to do to enter is go to restaurantmindset.com and there's gonna be a little pop-up that comes up and you can just enter your email and you'll be entered to win. And once you do that, basically, once you're entered to win, 
all we're doing is going to announce a winner and the winner is going to get a pair of the ATAC dive fins and they're going to get a mask and snorkel. And I'll send that out from, from RSM headquarters in Boulder to you if you win. Um, and hopefully it'll get there. I'll try to do like the two day shipping or something. So you'll get it kind of quick. So go sign up for that. Last week we released Win the Summer, which is our, our summer fitness program. That's on the restroommindset.com um, website. There's going to be a link in the show notes. You can go check that out. If you enjoyed the show, leave a rating and review on the Apple podcast page. Please do that. Those rating reviews are, are huge and they, you know, they go a long way and just like a lot of people just like, you know, like see a new podcast, they'll go down and read the reviews and see if they want to listen to it. And if the reviews are good, you know, obviously they're going to, they're going to be like, cool, I'll check this out. If you want to leave a bad review, go ahead, but just, just know that you won't win the Finn giveaway contest. Um, yeah, last thing, if you are just feeling generous and want to donate to the podcast, we have a podcast donation page on uh, the top tab on com, and basically like 20%, I think it's 20% of that donation will go to the Coast Guard Foundation. Basically, they just help out people in the Coast Guard, men and women in the Coast Guard who are in financial trouble, who need some assistance, and the rest of it's going to just go towards making this podcast better. And when we say better, we mean better equipment, um, better interviews. So, you know, that will cover like, you know, travel. If we got to travel to interview someone, we're hoping to get some, some of the future podcasts, you know, we might try to do some, get some retired and current rescue swimmers to come in and tell their, tell stories like rescue swimmer stories, like search and rescue stories, big cases that they got. Vince is going to be doing a couple in the, the near future where he interviews a couple or one guy that we were stationed with in Detroit who is somehow like a SAR, a search and rescue magnet. He gets a bunch of really good cases. So he's going to come on the show and just talk about a couple of the really good ones that he's had. That'll be coming hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, other than that, that's all I have for you guys this week. We'll talk soon. Hope you have a good week. Don't forget to try out that workout that I talked about earlier in the show.